Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. It's going to be a fun night tonight. We love our Freedom Series here. Who's experienced a Freedom Series with us at Awaken Church? Come on, who's let go of some old baggage, some old stuff that you're happy to be rid of? If you haven't had that opportunity yet, get ready, get ready. It's going to be fun. My, this beautiful lady right here, did you know that you're wearing a, a shirt from one of my favorite movies of all time, The Princess Bride? Who told you that was one of my favorite movies? Holy Spirit. Come on, he's, he always has the answers. What's your name? Tisha. Nice to meet you, Tisha. As you wish really means I love you. Since you wore that shirt tonight, what you're saying to God is, I love you. I love you, God. I love you. And you know what God is saying to you, Tisha? He loves you back. But even more than that, you wore a shirt that says, as you wish. God is telling you tonight, as you wish. Let it be for you, as you wish. When you reach out your hand and you grab the hem of his garment, as you wish. When you walk by faith, not by sight, as you wish. When you have that dream in your spirit that, that you've never told anybody, but God hears it, as you wish, as you wish. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ask and seek and knock and keep asking and keep seeking and keep knocking, Tisha. As you wish, it will come into your life. As you wish, he wants to touch you tonight. He wants to say, you are my daughter who I am so proud of. I love you so much. There's burdens, there's weights that you've been carrying about your family, and it's time to let them go. You love them so much, but, but you know what? Your father loves them so much too. And he says, I've got them. I've got the whole world in my hands, and I've got your family too. I've got your family too. You can still be a light. You can still be an influence. You can still be a, a, an example for them. But you don't have to carry them anymore. It's time to, to release them to him. The best hands in the world, the only hands that will never fail are his hands. He's got them in his hands, just like he has you. As you wish, it is given to you. Because of your faith, you have been made well. Because of your faith, your family is with him. Because of your faith, the answer is here. The answer is now. The answer is in him. His grace is sufficient for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Incredible. Thank you all. You can grab a seat. Give somebody some love on the way down. What a great night. This is... Um, this is a, a, a night in a series which is uh, so important for our church and, and so important for us, us as individuals. And there'll be times that you find where 
where you'll experience a, a measure of freedom. Maybe, maybe you don't um, get free of everything in one prayer or everything in one service or everything in, in one month or even everything in one a year, but, but what you can do is you can, you can release the things that you can release. You can let go of the things. What's, what's the big rock? What's the one thing that's been burdening you the most? What's the one thing that, that if, you, if you were to get rid of that, it would, it would make your life significantly better? Focus on those things. What is, what is that one thing? You don't have to focus on everything. Sometimes if you look at like the whole list of problems and you go down and then by the time you get to the bottom of the list, you've already forgot what's at the top of the list and, and you, you don't know what to pray about. Well, I want you to focus on one thing tonight. Focus on one thing. And, um, and you'll find that, that sometimes when the first domino falls, a lot of the rest of them do too. You'll, you'll find when you take that one step with Christ, when you take that take that one move, then, then all of a sudden a lot of the things on that list just kind of disappear. They just kind of vanish. Freedom is about, is about moving out of old ways of thinking, old lifestyles into something new. And that's, uh, that's what I want to talk about tonight. I mentioned it in a message a couple of weeks ago when I was uh, talking about how we, we can get off the road that leads to death, the Broadway, and move on to the narrow road, the narrow road that leads to life. And part of that means that we have to, we have to look for the opportunities to operate in grace. And so uh, the message tonight is about grace. The title is Grace Zone. Grace Zone, a place of freedom and boundaries. Grace Zone, a place of freedom and boundaries. Might seem counterintuitive, the two opposites. How can you have freedom and boundaries? Well, I'm so glad you're here tonight. You're going to find out. So we're going, to be working, we're going to be working backwards from the grace zone. The grace zone is our destination. The grace zone is where we want to be. The grace zone is, is where we want to live. So I want to start with that in mind, thinking about the grace zone. The grace, grace zone is a place where, where you have unlimited potential and opportunities in Christ. A place where, where when you enter into it, you can experience new things. But the grace, the grace zone is not free. Now, now, grace is free. Grace is free to us. Grace is God's free gift to us. In Romans 3.24, it says that, that he paid the price for us in his blood. He died for us so that we could have this free gift of grace. But, but to enter into the grace zone, it's not free. There is a price. But before we get there, I want to talk about the, the root. The root of the word grace is, is joy and, and thanksgiving and favor. These, these are all a part of where grace comes from or what grace means. And when we think about what he did for us, we can't help but have joy. We can't help but be grateful for what Jesus paid for us. There's, there's a couple of different uh, words in the Old Testament and New Testament that are, that are translated into grace. Grace is, a, is kind of a, a hard word to translate because it has a, a variety of meanings. And we take a variety of these words and we, we kind of just put the grace stamp on it. And so when you talk about grace and, and the, the concept of grace, it's, it's pretty broad. Grace, uh, one of the words is, is kesed, which means mercy and compassion, steadfast love. Another one is hen, which is gracious, goodwill, and kindness. And one that you've probably heard of that, that probably occurs most often is charis or charis, which is the grace of thanksgiving. It's a gift. It's blessing. But the one word that, that kind of best encapsulates what grace is and, and is almost uh, in many cases synonymous with grace is favor. We know, we know that his grace is like having his favor. So the grace zone is a place 
of his favor. When, uh, when I was young, growing up, when I would ride in the car with my dad and we'd get into a parking lot, he would, he would always pray something like, thank you, Lord, for small favors. And then invariably we would find a good parking spot and he would say, and big ones too. Grace, the grace zone is a place where we find small favors and big favors in Christ. Does anybody enjoy finding small, small favors and big favors in Christ? It's a little bit challenging when you come to a church parking lot, though, and it's full because everybody's praying for grace. Everybody believes in grace, and so finding a spot here, first come, first serve. Or just have more faith than the next guy, whichever one. They both work. Entering into the grace zone. The grace zone is, is our final destination, but, uh, but there's a process to get there. And what I want to talk about first tonight is the process of experiencing grace. Experiencing grace means that you get to live free. You get to live free. In the message a couple weeks ago, I was sharing how I was riding in the car with my son Grady, and, um, and we were listening to worship music, and I was going a little fast, wasn't paying attention to my speed, and, and I saw a cop on the side. And, um, and either because, you know, when you listen to worship music in your car, you're invisible, or because I live in the grace zone, I didn't get a ticket somehow. He didn't see me. So he didn't even pull me over. Thank you, Jesus, my wife says. Operating in the grace zone. There was another time when I was riding the car with Dylan, and, uh, and we were getting on the freeway right here off 2nd Street, and, uh, and I was starting to accelerate, and uh, I was looking down at, at my map trying to figure out where we were going, and, uh, and he was maybe like four years old at the time. He was sitting in the back seat in his, in his car seat, and then all of a sudden, I hear from the back in the car seat, Daddy, don't crash. And I just like popped my head up, and there was a, a truck and a trailer that had gone on ahead of us, but they were going really slow, and as I was accelerating, they weren't accelerating very fast, and if he hadn't said anything, I would have crammed right into the back of that thing. I don't know how he saw it, I don't know why he saw it, but I believe it's because I live in the grace zone. The grace zone that God spoke to my little four or five-year-old, gave him intuition or whatever it was to speak that out to help us avoid an accident. Who wants to live in the grace zone? Come on, the grace zone is a good place. The grace zone is a great place to be. Another, another um, example that doesn't involve, involve me speeding in a car was um, when, uh, when, I, when I was first moving to California, I was uh, looking for a, a job out here, and, and somebody had recommended this company, General Atomics, that I work for now. And uh, we're an aerospace company, as uh, Christian Verrilli pointed out. And so in case you didn't know, Lisa and I, yes, we're both nerds, but we're proud of it. And uh, there, was, there was a research and development division in this company, and, and it was located in Victorville. And, and me, not knowing California, I was thinking, San Diego, Victorville, Victorville, San Diego, what's the difference? You know, it's all great. It's California. It's the job that I want, right? So I was going after this R&D job in Victorville. But thank you, Jesus, by the grace of God, I didn't get that position. I got a position here in San Diego so I could meet this beautiful lady, and she could invite me to this church. And I'm here right now because of the grace of God, I didn't get that job. Sometimes not getting what you're after is actually the grace of God. Sometimes not getting what you think that you want is actually the grace of God. Come on, I got to California, that's what's important. Came here. It's not just prote protection and it's not just guidance and direction that we can find in the grace zone. There's a book by uh, an awesome man of God, John Bevere, called Extraordinary. Extraordinary, if you haven't re read it, I recommend it. Extraordinary is all about 
um, grace. It's all about what grace can do. And yes, grace is, uh, is salvation. We're saved by grace, but that's just the beginning. From there, grace is empowerment. It gives us supernatural abilities. It enables us to do things that we could have never done on our own. His, his grace that gets us into the kingdom is just a starting point of a life with him. That's what this message is about. It's about living a life empowered with him. He has gifts for each and every one of us. Did you know that? It's not just the, the free gift of grace, the free gift of salvation, but it's grace that empowers us. And you might have heard some sayings like, uh, oh, he has a grace for that, or she has a grace for that. The ability to, to, to do something really well, maybe when nobody else can do it, they're graced for it. Have a grace for that. Well, I want to look at Romans 12, 6 to 8. It says this, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. These are, these are divine characteristics, part of God, God's nature that he's put on the inside of us. It's, it's kind of like your, your, your DNA, your hair color, your eye color, who, who he has created you to be. You're hardwired with, with one of these gifts. And you have the ability to, to do it well. You have the, the ability to do this. And, and when you're operating out of this gift, you'll find that you enter into the fullness of joy. You find that, that, that you just, even though it might be challenging for other people, when you're operating in this, in this motivation, when you're operating in this gift, it just becomes easy for you. It becomes, it becomes a joy for you. You get to experience the blessing that it provides to other people when you operate in these gifts. But there's another way to, to look about, at it, too, and, and it's the wrong way. And it's that, well, okay, if I'm graced for this one gift and, and I find it hard to, uh, to, let's say, serve or if I find it hard to show kindness, maybe, maybe it's easy for me to give. I don't have any problem giving, but, but, you know, maybe I'm just not graced to serve. Maybe I'm just not graced to show kindness. Well, that's not true because it contradicts the Word of God. The Word of God in Philippians 4.13 says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do all things. But this verse in Romans says you can do certain things well. It doesn't say that you can do all things well. It says that you can do certain things well. So you can be kind. You can serve. You can do all of these things. You can operate in all of them. But maybe there's, there's one or two that you can really do well. Maybe there's one or two that, that just take you to another level in your walk with God. There's times when we can, when we can look at what somebody else has and just say, well, man, I wish I, could, I wish I could do that like them. I wish I could preach like them. I wish I could teach like them. I wish I could prophesy. I wish I could, could serve like them. I wish I could give like them. Wow, they, they do this amazing work. They give so much. They're so generous. I wish I could be like that. But when we focus so much on, like the amazing Will Turner said, the things that we don't have, it's easy to, to forget and be grateful for everything that we do have. We have to be grateful for the grace that God has put on us to do the things that we've been called to do well, not, not the things that somebody else has been called to do. Because if we focus on what somebody else has been called to do and we're not doing what we're called to do, then there's a job that's left undone. But if everybody does the job that they've been called to do with the grace that they've been given, then all of the jobs get done and everybody gets to enter that fullness of joy. Amen? Amen. So we can't envy the grace on someone else. There's boundaries for grace. There's boundaries for the grace zone. God has given us the, the room, the freedom to explore 
And, and there's so much to explore. We can spend an entire lifetime exploring just, just one of those gifts and never, never completely, completely master it. We have so much room to do everything that God has called us to do. There's so much freedom in him. But when we, when we focus on, on the things that we can't have, then we lose sight of this, this expanse, this great wide open place that God has called us to live in. We have the ability to go and, and freely impart the gifts that he has given us. Freely get, we freely receive so we can freely give. But we also have the freedom to leave. We have the freedom to leave the grace zone. Maybe we don't mean to, maybe we don't want to, and God will definitely put signs in our way. He'll put people in our way to help us stay in the grace zone, but ultimately the choice is ours. I was on a, a trip for work up to Victorville. Fortunately, I don't have to live there. I just get to go there every now and then. And uh, it was in wintertime, and, and as I was going up, I had some time uh, during the, the first part of the day, and uh, there was a good snow that had come through, so I thought, man, I'm going to get a ski in. I've never been to Mountain High. I know it's not a huge mountain, but I can go scratch the itch, ski a little bit. And so I took my rental car up there, and, and as I'm driving up into the mountains, I start to see a little bit of snow. And I was like, well, I don't have chains on this, the, the tires or anything, but I think it'll be all right. And then I drive a little bit farther, and I see a sign, chains on the tires required, and the lights are flashing. And I was like, ah, that's just a recommendation. <laughs> I drive a little bit farther. I see another sign. Chains are required in your vehicle. Didn't say it had to be on your tires, it said in your vehicle. I'm like, well, it's new tires, it's a rental car, it'll probably be fine. And the snow starts to come down a little bit heavier. And I was like, yeah, but I really want to ski. And so, uh, so I keep going, I make it, to, make it to the resort, the base of the mountain. And the snow is starting to come down really thick. And, and it dawns on me, if I, if I go ski, when I come back, there's no way I'm going to be getting out of this parking lot. I'm not going to be going anywhere, and I have to, I have to go down and, and do work later, the reason why I'm up here. And so, I, uh, so I, I make the right call, I leave, but the snow is coming down harder, and I'd never been there, and so I, I get lost. I make a wrong turn. And instead of going back down the easy way to the highway, I start going deeper into the mountains. And the snow is coming down heavier, and uh, you can probably figure out where this is going. I, I hit to a, a patch, like a little, a steep little hill, and I'm going maybe like 10 or 15 miles an hour, barely, and, and there's just no traction. I just start sliding down this hill, and there's a curve at the end of the hill, and, um, and I just slide like right into this embankment. Thankfully, there was a, a guardrail or something there, a godrail, and, uh, and a bank of snow, and I just kind of like bounced off of that guardrail and, uh, and continued on down the way, but, but there was damage. There was damage to the car, um, and uh, I don't think I've ever prayed so hard in my life trying to, to get out of there. I finally eventually found my way out and, uh, and had to, to zip tie the bumper on with duct tape. And <laughs> if you don't pay attention to the warning signs, you're going to leave the grace zone. God will put signs up there to remind you of what you should be doing, remind you that this is not the way that you're supposed to be going. He will put people to speak into your life, to remind you that, that hey, you might be heading down this track, you might think it's the right thing, you might, you might believe that this is okay, but it's actually not the way that God wants you to head. He actually wants you to go back to where you were. He wants you to go back into that grace zone. Romans 6, 1-2 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who, have, who died to sin live any longer in it? I made a decision to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. 
When each of us decides to follow Jesus, if we want to enter into and stay in the grace zone, then we have to make the decision there's no turning back. I'm not going to leave this grace zone. God has, has called me here, and this is where I'm going to stay. Content, to continually experience the grace zone, you have to continually choose to operate in the grace that he's given you. And continually choose to, to recognize and abide by the boundaries he's set in place. So that's where we want to live. The next question, or the first question, is how do we get there? we got to be set free to enter grace. Set free to enter grace. Romans 5, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace. Somebody say, access by faith. Access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Jesus is the gate. He's the only way to enter into his grace. The grace of God can only be accessed through Jesus. We have to understand, though, that, that just like we say in this country, freedom isn't free, well, grace, grace isn't free either. We know it's the gift of grace is free, but, but the fee to get in has to be paid. Jesus opened the gate by his blood, but there's a requirement to get in. Mark eleven twenty five. But when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. You have, to, you have to forgive in order to be forgiven. To get into the grace zone, the entrance fee into the grace zone is forgiveness. Judge not, lest you be judged. Forgive and you will be forgiven. When we enter into the grace zone, we're letting go of those grudges. We're, we're letting go of the right to be right, the right to be angry, the right to, to hold on to bitterness or unforgiveness. We can't enter into the grace zone if we're holding on to those things. We can't pass through the gate. There, there's, there's too much burden. There's too much bondage. There's too much baggage for us to get through the gate if we have those things on us. So we have to sometimes one by one just peel them off. Get a little bit lighter. Get a little bit freer. Then we can step through the gate. Then we can enter into his grace when we give grace. What's the benefit? Before we can live free, before we can experience his grace, we have to be set free. Before we can get to that place of empowerment where we're receiving those grace gifts or we're operating in them, before we can do any of that, we have to find freedom. We have to find freedom. Freedom from what? Sin. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. It's so interesting that that song was written by John Newton, who was a slave trader. He was a slave trader, but then he encountered this, this majestic power of grace, the amazing grace of God. And so he went from slave trader to, to abolitionist. He spent the rest of his life trying to emancipate slaves, trying to set them free. He wrote this song because of the freedom that he experienced in his life. And he spent the rest of his life helping others find freedom. It's interesting because grace is the great emancipator. The song that he wrote about is the great liberator of the captives, but not necessarily from physical chains, but a spiritual bondage. You see, each one of us was a slave. Whether you know it or not, each one of us was a slave, a slave to sin. John 8, 34 to 36, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. 
A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Each of us is, is a slave to sin before we find the freedom and grace. C- consider a, a lie. It, maybe, maybe even a small lie, a white lie. It might not seem like much. It might just be a little thing, but that lie can, can perpetuate itself. One lie leads to another lie, which leads to another bigger lie, which leads to a lifestyle of lying, which leads to, to you not being able to, to do certain things or say certain things. And before you know it, you're held captive by this, this lifestyle of lying. And th- this goes for, for any sin, whether it's lust or envy or greed. Focusing on those things that, that you don't have instead of what you do have. When we, when we start this process of sin, we get caught in the web of sin. We get held captive by sin. We become a slave to sin. It controls what we do. It controls where we go. It controls what we think. And if we don't counter it, it will control who we are. We come bound, become bound by sin. And it's so, it's so obvious, even, even, in, even in small things, even in children, you know, a, a small child will, will, will throw a temper tantrum because they want a lollipop that they can't have. Focusing on the things that we don't have instead of the grace that we do have. That's exactly why we need his divine nature in us. Because human nature will lead to sin and death. But divine nature will lead to life, will lead to grace. Romans 6.14, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And not just freedom of God's grace, you get the freedom from disgrace. The freedom of God's grace gives you the freedom from disgrace. Romans 10.11, as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Who knows that's some good news. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Freedom from sin, freedom from condemnation. Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we all need this. Going back to the very beginning, in Genesis 6, 5-8, says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. Verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace was the the, the thing that reversed the curse. Grace was the thing that that broke the back of, of the sin and the death. When Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But before sin even brought the curses of, of the serpent and curses on the ground and curses that, that we've all had to deal with because of sin, even before that, even before there was sin, in the, the, the opportunity, when the opportunity was there, it says in Genesis 3, 6 to 7, the woman was convinced. She saw that, there was, that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her, wanting what you don't have. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and suddenly they felt shame and, and their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together and covered the snows. Before the curses even came into the world, because of sin, because of that act, their eyes were opened. 
That was the first consequence of sin, their eyes being opened. And the second thing that happened was shame. Their eyes were opened and they felt ashamed. Grace goes all the way back to the beginning. And it covers every sin. And it covers every consequence of sin. Because it says that Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. Adam and Eve's eyes were open, but Noah found favor in his sight. Where Adam and Eve felt shame, grace covered that. Covered that sin, and it covered all the sins and all the consequences of sin. That's what it means to be in the grace zone, is that you don't have to be held captive by your sin, and you don't have to be held captive by the consequences of your sin. That you can find freedom in all of these things. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 9 says this, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. And that's where I want to land tonight as we come to a close. What do you need his grace for tonight? What are these areas where, where you feel hindered, where you feel like you're in bondage, where you feel like you're held captive? What's maybe that one thing that is holding you back from taking that next step in your walk with Christ? We have a, a slide that I want to put up now, and it kind of lists several areas, several things that we can, we can be held captive by, shame and anger and depression, all of these things. But what's interesting is I, is I look at these lists of the things that can hold us back, the things that we can fall under judgment for, the things that we can condemn ourselves for. Every single one of them, there's a grace for that. There's a grace for shame. It's called honor. Psalm 84.1, he gives us grace and glory. The grace of compassion is the antidote to anger. In Luke 15, the prodigal son, when he's coming back, the, the father, he, he could have shown anger. This son took half of all his possessions. The, the son basically said, I, I wish you were dead. The son went away and he, he spent it all. But the father didn't show anger. He showed compassion. If you're battling against depression, the grace of joy is what you need. Romans 5, 2, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. If you've experienced loss, then you need the grace of thanksgiving. 1 Corinthians 4, 5, the grace of God given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him. If you have trouble with selfishness or wanting things that you don't have or, or lack, then the grace of goodwill is for you. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, all grace abound to you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. God has more than enough for us. We can't enter into his grace if we're harboring unforgiveness. So we need graciousness in our life. Ephesians 1, 7, he is so rich in kindness, that grace that he purchased for our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Hatred. To cover hatred, we need kindness. Ephesians 4, 29, let every word that you say impart grace to the hearers. Generational curses, sometimes the things that, that are plaguing us in our life, afflicting us that, that, that we weren't even responsible for. It's something that's been passed down through our father or our mother, the generations before us. And, and if, if somebody hasn't, hasn't taken a stand against those things, then they can still reveal themselves in our lives, even though we didn't make a mistake. But his steadfast love is there. 1 Thessalonians 2.16, our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. If we feel judged, 
then we need mercy. Hebrews 4, 6, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Pride. This is something that, that most of us will struggle with at some point in our life. Pride is overcome by humility. 1 Peter 5, 5, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And the last one is, is kind of all-encompassing, and, and this isn't a complete list. There's, there's so many more, but there's, there's so much more grace, too. Wherever sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So it doesn't matter what you're held captive by. It doesn't matter what your bondage is. His grace is there. His grace is sufficient. His favor is enough. And of his fullness we have received. Of his fullness we have all received. And grace for grace, superabundance of grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace came and truth came through Jesus Christ. Why don't we stand to our feet as we come to a close. I'm going to get done off this stage, and I want this to be a night of freedom. If you've, if you've experienced or are currently experiencing any of those areas where you feel, you feel the weight or the burden of any of those things, then I want you to be free tonight. Even if you don't remember a thing that I said, even if you, even if you, you don't um, completely understand it, more than anything else, what I want for each and every person in this room is, is to enter into his grace or experience it in a new way. You enter into his grace with thanksgiving. When you forgive, you will be forgiven. When you enter into the grace zone, you can experience the most amazing things in your life. What have you been graced for? Is there anything on that, that list that's keeping you from experiencing or operating in the fullness of his grace in, in that area? The thing that you know you've been called to do. The thing that you know that, that when you do it, you find joy in, in other people. Enter into the fullness of his grace. As we come to a close, I want to pray. and I, I, I want to pray for you. For each one of us to find freedom or live in that place of freedom, to live in the grace zone. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to get down off this stage and I'll invite the ministry team to come down as well. And as the team sings this song, I want each of you to think about if there's, there's anything that is keeping you from living free or from staying free, then I want you to come and leave it at this altar. You can come and just take a moment and worship. You can come and have the, the team pray for you. But if there's anything that's holding you back, friend, tonight is the night where you find freedom. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the opportunity to be free in you. If anybody is far from you right now, God, I pray that they would enter in to your grace. They would receive that free gift of salvation that you have paid the price for all of us to receive. God, I thank you that there's an opportunity for us to, to experience grace in a new way tonight. That we can be free from shame or anger or pride or selfishness or lust or unforgiveness. We can release those things to you right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to stay in the grace zone, that you've set your, your boundaries in place for us to be able to live in freedom. Your boundaries are not to restrict us, but to, the, to protect us and to guide us, to give us a life, abundant life, full of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.